Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines. General, John, I'm so excited to talk to you. Another week of Just Me, Damon. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Damon. How are you? I'm doing good, and the first thing I want to ask you about the show question that we had, you know, fans have really been getting engaged in this and giving us some great answers from Deion Sanders to Ray Lewis to Dick Buckus. Who is a player that you think would have fit in perfectly with the Raiders? And from all-time NFL, you know, I know that you're an encyclopedia when it comes to NFL knowledge. Who's an all-time great that you think would have fit in perfectly with the Raiders? You talking about the Raiders now or back when the Raiders were consistently great and a Super Bowl contender? Let's, let's go back then. Okay, if you go back when the Raiders were great and they were putting players in the Hall of Fame and they were hated by everybody except their own fans, you know, there's been a lot of wild and crazy personalities in the NFL through the decades. And I think you take people like that. Uh, Al Davis wanted guys who were going to play on Sunday. They didn't care what they did during the week as long as they stayed out of trouble. And uh, and they did have some characters. And uh, one one player, he had a cup of coffee with the Raiders when he was traded for Ken Stabler. Houston Oilers quarterback Dan Pastrini. And you talk about a character. How many players in history as the third overall pick in the 71 draft reported to the first trading camp on a Harley with a playmate of the year on the back? You don't see many of those. Pastrini came to Oakland when they made that trade and he got hurt in a car wreck. So he never got to play for Al Davis the way he wanted to. I think a guy who would fit in great there, uh, and I think he would have been great with John Madden, was Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton wasn't a wild and crazy guy, but he was he's a character. He still is. He and John Madden would have got, got along great. He and Al Davis would have got along great. And of course, Peyton's a great quarterback, and would help. He probably would help them win another Super Bowl. And uh, if I had time to think about that, Demond, of all the great, the wild and crazy players I've covered through the decades, I could come up with some more. All right, John. No, that was a good answer right there. I mean, I love Peyton Manning. He's He's one of those guys, I always look at him as, like, oh, man, if he would have had Tom Brady's situation, maybe the Patriots win even more Super Bowls because I just thought he was that good. Again, we're talking to John McClain from Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. So, John, I've got to ask you a little Houston news. Well, you know, a blast from the past for you. Do you where do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to go? I know it's now it's been like a whole couple of weeks saga. Do you think he's any closer to finding a team? I think he's going to find a team when he gets the best offer his agent can get, and the agent says, this is the best I can get. You know, the reason two teams have been, there's two teams interested, New England and Tennessee. He knows coaches, the offensive coordinators were both teams from Houston. He knows Mike Brabel the best. If I were DeAndre Hopkins, I would go Titans where the coaches know me the best and never had a problem with me. Bill O'Brien, when he was the head coach there, he and I had issues. And he traded him in one of the worst trades in NFL history. And as much campaigning as Sean Watson has done, there's a story today that it looks like they're not interested. And then there's another story today (laughs) that they're creeping along in the shadows and might be interested. So 
I'm going to say, I thought, I thought the money would end up in Cleveland. They have the money to give him the two million a year he's looking for. He's looking for better than a one-year deal. Some teams, like Buffalo, and I'm surprised they haven't reached out, or maybe they did when they told him the kind of money they could offer with their cap situations. His agent said, thanks, but no thanks. Maybe somebody surprising will pop up at the last minute. I thought he was gonna he was going to work really hard to get with a team that could help him win a Super Bowl. Like Colin and Andy Reid said, I'll take the minimum. But everybody wants to make as much money as they can when they can and DeAndre Hopkins certainly is no different. Sticking with the offense, but on at a different position, we got a quote from Melvin Gordon at the end of last week talking about how running backs don't get any love and that it's the worst position to play in the NFL. Do you agree with that statement with the way today's today's game is going with running backs finding it a little difficult to get those big deals towards the end of their 20s and into their 30s? Well, he saying it's the worst position is not true. He could play fullback. He could play. He could be a kicker or a snapper or a punter, even safeties. And the fact is, there's so many running backs, and teams throw the ball so much. If you're one-dimensional, you've got to be able to catch if you want to make a lot of money. And they do make a lot of money. Nobody's going to uh, get out the violin for them because they're making ten million a year. But the fact is, there's so many out there. And the life expectancy of the back, if you're Josh Jacobs and you're taken in the first round, they can keep you five years and franchise you for a six, keep you uh, another year, franchise for a seventh. And usually teams don't franchise players a third time because the contract jumps up so much. But if you're going to do it with anybody, do it with a running back. But by then, eighth year, you know, those guys, they just got to understand their lot in life or switch to another position. Again, we're talking to John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, taking it back to the receiver position, Stephon Diggs, no one has actually said what the drama in Buffalo is. Like the reports there, hey, there's a little drama. Is he Was he doing a hold-in? Then the coaches say he wasn't there. Maybe he was there when it came to mandatory minicamps. What do you think is actually going on in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs? Well, I'm going to go to uh, what uh, Robert Griffin III said. Supposedly, Griffin and Diggs had the same agent. So Griffin said the problem was with Josh Allen. And it looked like, and this just blows me away, that receivers are such babies. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And it just got such big egos. Even though he was by far the best receiver on the Bills, got targeted the most, had the most catches, went to another Pro Bowl, he was upset that he didn't get the ball on the last drive of the loss to Cincinnati, in which he blew up on the sideline at Josh Allen. It's just unbelievable. And if you're going to let something like that bother you all the way to the minicamp, you get your head examined. Hopefully, when training camp rolls around, whatever his problem is with Josh Allen, and if he didn't like it, they could stick him playing with some, some, you know, shipping to a team that has a quarterback they can't count on. See how much he likes that. Yeah, John, Josh Allen's one of the top three or four quarterbacks 
in the NFL, and he's the best receiver and the team's a Super Bowl contender, and he ought to put a lid on it and quit being a distraction. Yeah, John, that's what I was going to ask you about. When you have two guys, they're both top five in their position, but we know quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. What should the team do? How do they handle just someone being a baby because they didn't get the ball in one game? Sean McDermott and the GM, Brandon Bain, sit him down and say, look, we gave you a new contract last year for $99 million. You know, you're supposed to be a team guy and care about the team. We've got to go to the Super Bowl. You want to go to the Super Bowl, so get with the program. And if you're not, you're going to let it be a distraction for you all season. We'll see what we can do about you being traded for the second time in your career. Because even though you're a great player, you don't need that kind of distraction when you're trying to overcome Kansas City and a an AFC that is so lopsided with more good teams than the NFC, it's going to be tough enough with having to deal, without having to deal with issues like that. John, I know that the NFL, the players, hey, they just want to go out there and play and win games. But the game also needs to be marketable and reach an audience. What do you think about the NFL? They're probably just going to make the Jets do hard knocks. Do you think they're the most compelling team this offseason? Of the teams that could be made to go, the Jets – the Saints, the Bears, and the Commanders, who gives a damn about those other teams? We only care about the Jets. And so what if they don't want to do it? The rules say this, and they're one of four teams that can be made to go. You know HBO and Hard Knocks is dying to get Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Every football fan out there wants to see uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. To put any other team in there would be a tremendous let down. I would tell them, I'd say, okay, you can do hard knocks in training camp or you can do hard knocks in a regular season like the Cardinals did last year. Ooh, yeah, I'm sure they would hear you up and snatch up the one that's for training camp then because I don't know if any team really likes to do that whole season-long grind up, having the cameras follow you around. Again, we're talking to John McClain from Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. John, I've got to ask you about Houston Will Anderson, he finally signed his rookie deal. Was what was the holdup with that? Was it just you know getting out, you know the actual nuances of the details? What's the status when it comes to CJ Stroud and Will Anderson down there? Players are slotted in the first round. Usually, if they're waiting, there's no hurry to do contracts. I think there's 31 who haven't been done. Every once in a while, you will find a player with a problem with what's called offset language. Now, players don't have a clue about that. It's coming from the agent. That has to do if you get cut. Well, you shouldn't be talking to a guy who's a first-round pick who about being cut. Well, just in case you get cut and you get picked up by another team, we don't have to pay you the rest of your contract if it's bigger than our contract. You know, that's that shouldn't even be considered, but it is. Every once in a while, you'll see a guy hold out in the camp until he comes to the census or the team caves. But by and large, Guys are on vacation. Agents are on vacation. And so they usually will get a run on them as they get close to training camp in the middle of July. John, all right, I have to ask just because it seems so weird to me because of years and years of the Astros just running that entire AL West. Is the, are the Rangers being good? Does that surprise you at all? It surprises that guy. Anybody, anybody, including the Rangers' most diehard fans, <laughs> 
if they claim they predicted this, they're full of you-know-what. The Rangers, uh, they've been slumping lately, and the Astros can't overcome them. You know, the Astros let Verlander go. That's their fault. Uh, Lance McCullers hadn't been able to pitch this year. That's not their fault. Their third-best pitcher, Luis Garcia, Tommy John surgery after six starts, and then another one after six starts. So Isaiah Keady won 12 games last year. He hadn't pitched since then. They don't know when he's coming back. So they put, they've had to put Band-Aids on their starting staff, and then their bullpen has let them down. And then they got Jose Abreu, who's been a monster disappointment after he got a big contract. But they're still six games over 500. Uh, they finally won their first their first game in extra innings after six losses. They've got four games coming up at the Rangers. Then they have another series, 10 left overall. And if the Rangers beat them three out of four and get that lead back up to around eight or nine, uh, the Astros going to be fighting and clawing for a wild card berth. And they get no sympathy from anybody after six consecutive appearances in the American League Championship Series, including four World Series. The Astros are currently, I believe, one or two games out of the playoff race. How do you see their season going for the last couple of months here? Do you see them clawing their way back up to the top? What they need most is Jordan Alvarez. He's missed, uh, he's missed 17 games, I believe. Jose Altuve missed for two months of the season. Now he's hurt again. They need to get their injured players back. Everybody's got injury issues. But what you really need, it doesn't matter who the team is, is while injured players are out, your best players have to produce. The Astros' best players are not producing like they should be. They have a woeful lack of in, uh, a woeful inconsistency, which is something they didn't have last year when they won 106 games and blew through the playoffs and the World Series. But and that's the way with any team right now. I saw a stat the other day about what teams last season that looked to have no prayer did after the All-Star break, and with the increased, and this blows me away, with the increased playoff format as we had last year, more teams have a chance to make the playoffs, so they're not going to be sellers at the trade deadline of August 1st because they're cleaning the playoff hopes. There was a lot of thought. Joey Otani might be traded in the most lopsided trade in baseball history, but now that the Angels are tied with Astros five games behind the Rangers, and they're not going to get rid of Otani now, and they may just see him walk after the season. So uh, it's exciting for a lot of teams that are hanging in, and the teams that have no prayer of making the playoffs, they don't have a lot of good players, or they wouldn't be in that situation to begin with. All right, John, it's always fun to talk some baseball. This has been a very fun summer of baseball. There's this new game, Immaculate Grid. I'm going to text you the game, and I want you to play it because you have just like an encyclopedia of knowledge, and I want to see how you test your skills when it comes to naming baseball players that played for certain teams and stats. I think you'll like it. I like it. Anything about baseball history, I like. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, John, for coming on with us. And that was John McClain from Sports Radio 610. I mean, he's always got something going on. Ah, I'm remiss that I didn't ask him what he's got coming out next because John is always busy. And when we come back, we're not going to do a little grid talk now because I don't know if you guys played today. I didn't make it a huh. show requirement to play I today. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you get me talking about baseball. And like I woke up at like six in the morning and I was like, well, let me check the grid. But then my brain was too foggy and I was like, dude, you can't do this right now. You got to come back. You, to know, it. you, you know, it resets at nine o'clock, right? It's Eastern time. It resets. Oh, so we could play at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, it resets at, or they put out a new one at midnight Eastern time, I believe, because we had we had David Roth on our uh-huh. show this morning, and he said he was up at twelve o five East Coast time doing it. Yeah, so yeah. I was gonna say the the one that you came up with that we kind of tried to work out for football. John McClay would destroy. Oh yeah, like he would he would just he'd be bringing up. Well, this guy actually did. Play for the uh, he, you know he played for the St. Louis Cardinals when they were in a football team for two games before he went with oh, the yeah. Duluth his, Eskimos. Yeah, his See, percentages would be off the charts. <laughs> See, and I I thought about it, and you know how we were talking like, oh, what quarterback played for this team and had like four hundred passing touchdowns? That's a very small number of people. What you got to do is you got to say. Who played for this team and had ten sacks in a season? That would be a lot tougher. Yeah, well, you know, we we'll work out the kinks as we basically just We're try to work as, our as own we game. invent <laughs> this game, and then someone puts it on Twitter before we can cash in. No, no one listens to the show. No one listens <laughs> to the show. But if you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred, or you can text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine. 187 keyword on R. We're going to come right back, but at 3.30, don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking to Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Henry Winkler, huh? I'll let Henry, you guys in. The fisherman Winkler. I'll let you guys in on what we were talking about during the break. Danny's just like, man, I would just love to hang out with Henry, Henry Winkler, the Fonz. He's just. Fishing, looking like he is enjoying life so much. Man, loved him on Barry. Man, loved him on Barry. You guys, he, you should check out Barry. Everybody should check out Barry. He was also a fantastic coach in the water boy. <laughs> doesn't miss. He just doesn't miss. I've got a programming note. I know that Ed Graney's coming up on coming up in a little bit, about a couple, five minutes. At 3.30, we're going to be talking to him about all things Raiders and VGK. But late addition to the show, 4.30. J.P. Acosta from SB Nation is also going to be joining the show. Can't wait to talk to him about the NFL. And, you know, you know, he recently did something that I find very curious. He went to wrestling school to see what that's like. So we're going to talk to him about NFL. He recently broke down some Max Crosby film. And I'm going to ask him a couple of questions about pro wrestling as well. But, guys, as we get ready for it, something totally off topic. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 702-365-9200 and text us on the dopaminebroke.com text line. At 69187, keyword R&R, if you want to talk about some players, some all-time greats you would have loved to see put on the silver and black and play for the Raiders. But guys, I've got to ask you. Stop the condiment wars. The undisputed champ is here. Pepsi Cola Chup. Pepsi is putting out a condiment, guys, and it's going to be available in select baseball stadiums on July 4th. Would you try this? No. Yes. Wait, hold on. Is it ketchup-flavored Pepsi or Pepsi-flavored ketchup? There's a huge difference. Pepsi-flavored ketchup. Put that on your dog. I yeah, would, I would try give it. it a Girl Scout go. I think I think I tried on anything. Maybe like a, just a different type of barbecue sauce. Here's the problem. And I actually – there are a lot of barbecue sauces that do use like – they they use like a cola in yeah. whenever they're boiling down their mix. 
here's the issue that I'm going to have. What if it's good? And what if it's so good that it's like, oh, great. I'm going to be the guy who's like, you, hey, guys, like the, the, the dudes who follow the McRib around. I'm going to be the guy who's <laughs> following around like the Pepsi ketchup going, I don't know. I just – you just – it doesn't get better than Pepsi Ketchup. Yeah, the limited release, but now they have to make it a national release because it's that big of a hit. Right. That or or somebody, somebody, some cartoon show vaguely mentions it and it becomes a riot. Oh, yeah, 20, year, 20 years in the future. People yeah. are like, oh, man, remember the Pepsi Cola Chup? I got to get my hands on it again. So some guy at a warehouse is like, yeah, we got like a couple boxes of it back here. I guess let's re-release it. See now they 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 you know they you know they got my attention. Now where this baseball stadiums is this only major league? Could it be minor league? Like Are, it's it, so it's they're releasing a major league because I feel like that's something you would test out in a minor league ballpark because they usually have the craziest things. Saddest. This is completely tangential, but one of the saddest stories I have from uh, former friends of mine from high school is that they found out. That in Omaha, Nebraska, they were testing certain Taco Bell menu items. And so they were like, we're doing a road trip. We're going to try these Taco Bell things before they ever get released. And I went, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and ask my work to schedule me that day (laughs) so that I'm not driving to Omaha, Nebraska to try Taco Bell. Where were they driving from, Missouri? Yes, South Missouri. I'd make that drive. I like I like the uh, I like the I like their spirit. Listen, I drove from here to St. George just for Chick Chick Fil A back before it was here. I would do that for Culver's, but I wouldn't do that for Chick Fil A. Uh, the new restaurant I'd do it for that's only in Utah. I can't get here is Zaxby's. Ooh, if I really want, you know, if someone was like, "Here's two hundred dollars, go crazy at Zaxby's." Yeah, I'd make that trip. Got a text from my guy Aaron, and he said Stubbs had a barbie. No, excuse me. Stubbs had a Dr Pepper barbecue sauce, but I hated it. LOL. Oh, oh. that's that's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've had. I'm pretty sure Dr Pepper is part of Texas barbecue. I yeah, I think Dr Pepper barbecue sauce has been made a few times. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like 99 percent sure. You've been to my dad's museum. We might have like a little thing of that up there in the museum. When when me and my buddy go fishing, we cook our fish in Dr Pepper or root beer, depending on what we're. What we're feeling is pretty good. Oh, God, I have another story. Yeah, save it for later. We can get you everybody's fishing and barbecue sauce stories after we talk to Ed Graney next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we're back. And joining us on the phone lines now, I mean, he's won the Nevada Sports Writer of the Year Award so many times. I know he's lost count. It's Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas from 7 to 10 a.m. Ed, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great, Ed. We're doing just having good. some fun. Yep. We're talking about like a Pepsi ketchup that's going to be coming out on July 4th. You know, we're just having a ball. I, heard, I just saw Danny on Twitter. I think it was Danny who... Uh... Wants to go fishing with the Fonz. Yes. yes. So uh, that th- that would be fun. I think I think he'd have a fun time doing that. The Fonz looks like he can fish, Danny. Absolutely. I've been seeing his posts lately, and it's making me very jealous. I need to get my fly rod back out on the river. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, let's talk a little VGK. I mean, people are still having their Stanley Cup hangover. I mean, the NHL award show was last night. Didn't have a player honored for any award, but, you know, 
the champs still showed up, you know, had that Stanley Cup, the most important trophy of all. But they've got to make some decisions. Are, are there going to be any surprises when it comes to who comes back and who doesn't for the Golden Knights? Well, I think it all tenders on the goalie, right? I mean, uh, there are reports this week that Aiden Hill is looking for two years at about 4.9 a year. So if they do do that, then they've made their decision on their goalie and probably not going to see Robin Leonard because they're not going to pay both of them $5 million to play goalie for the team. Um, so everything, I think everything you know, plays off Aiden Hill. Um, if they decide to bring him back at that tenure, um, you could see Ivan Barbashev not coming back and them trying to go with younger guys like Paul Cotter and other guys, that other wingers, um, you know, in that spot. So it's about eight nil there, Demond, and um, we're going to have to see what they do with that on, on, on Saturday in free agency. And then Logan Thompson, is he safe on this team? Because he's the guy for me where I'm like, ah, oh, man, big Logan Thompson fan, been following him since he was on the Silver Knights. Is he safe? I think he's safe at 750000 a year, yeah. I mean, he was Sweet. – he was on his way to, you know, r- rookie of the year. If not, you know, serious consideration for rookie of the year. He made the All Star game um, when he got hurt. So yeah, at that price, I think he's safe. And then it's just going to be about who's along, who's alongside him. So I think Logan Thompson's safe. I think they really like Logan Thompson, especially at that price. Um, so I, you know, will it be Laurent Brossois? Will they go cheaper there and and not Aiden Hill? Will they go Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson? It's that's the million dollar question, and maybe it's the four point nine million dollar question that we're going to find out this week. So, Ed, when it comes to Robin Leonard, we and well, this organization, that organization in general, they don't say a whole lot to begin with. But have you no. heard anything as far as the relationship with him and you know the front office, considering all of his um, let's just say struggles outside of the injuries? Yeah, not really. I mean, they, they don't. Jared, you're you're exactly right. They just don't give up a lot um, in terms of injuries, upper body, lower body. We know he had, I think, two hip surgeries, a shoulder surgery. He's had a lot of he's had a lot of injuries. They said, you know, Kelly McCrimmon said he wasn't completely up on it. Um, the last time we talked to him, I don't know about that. I think they're completely up on it. I think they should be completely up on it. That's kind of their responsibility to be up on it. So my guess is they know everything going on with him. Um, I'm sure they know everything going on with him off the ice. I mean, everyone else does. We've written about it. We've read about it. Um, I don't know who doesn't know about that um, and the problems he's facing off the ice. So, you know, again, I think I think we just wait on Aiden Hill. I think he's the key because if he does sign for that, um, they're in essence spending Robin Leonard's money. Um, and if that means there's a buyout somewhere down the line, if that means they're going to place him on LTIR because of his injuries, there's a lot of ways they could go with Robin Leonard. Um, so if Aiden Hill gets that contract, I think the next thing we're going to know is, you know, what they're probably planning on with Robin Leonard. Again, Ed, it's so hard to see when it comes to hockey and basketball, see those back-to-back champions because the seasons are so long. I mean, it feels like just yesterday we were all, you know, celebrating in Toshiba Plaza, and now the season's already being released, and they're telling, hey, they're going to raise the banner October 10th. How hard do you think it's going to be for this team to repeat? Oh, I think it's always hard to repeat. I mean, you know, uh, Tampa did it, but it, I think one was the shortened season. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to repeat. And again, we got to remember the year before this, they didn't even make the playoffs. So you know, they went from not making the playoffs to winning the Stanley Cup. Um, I think there's a chance. You know, again, they got really good goaltending uh, this year. Now they had the best blue line in front of whoever was in goal, so that helps. Um, we assume most of those guys will be back. You know. I don't know. I mean, Alec Martinez is 35 years old. He makes $5 million a year. That might be a guy you look at in terms of if they, if they might move him. Um, but if everyone comes back, um, you know, uh, Barbershop, they'd have to replace if they don't, if they don't come, if 
they don't bring him back. But most everyone's going to be in the fold. So it's still really hard to repeat, though. You can, one thing you can't count on, obviously, is injuries. I mean, you know, when they didn't make the playoffs, they had 500 man games lost to injury. Um, they didn't have this many this year, but they did, you know, they lost Mark Stone for half the year. So you can't count on injury. So I think all of that together makes it really hard to repeat in any sport, and it'll be really hard for these guys to repeat. We're speaking with Ed Graney of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Ed, do you, am I reading too much into it, or do you think it's interesting that they would schedule the Kraken as the home opener when the Golden Knights are raising the banner? Well, two last expansion teams. They're also going to play the, the classic up there in Seattle, so as the two expansion teams. So, so maybe not. Maybe that's what they're doing here. The last two expansion teams, and they're going to raise the banner there. Um, you know, they're going to um, go to Washington, which I assume maybe there's a White House visit there um, for winning it all. There's certain places on the schedule you can look, you know, to see if there's, you know, specific games and, you know, specific moments for them. Uh, but no, I wasn't very surprised at that. Um, you know, the Kraken's in their division. They're in the Pacific. Um, and someone had to play them on that night. Um, we'll see what they, you know, some guys, some respond well with banner nights and some don't. So we'll have to see how they respond on banner night. Ed, speaking or continuing with teams that have a goalie, uh, you recently wrote a piece about the <laughs> Las Vegas Lights. I was wondering if you'd uh, dive a little bit deeper into your conversation with Brett Lashbrook. You love that story, I'm sure. <laughs> Hey, I just I liked that uh, I got to coordinate it a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, it's just there's. It was more a story about you know, is there a place for soccer? Is there a place for all these teams in Vegas? You know, the A's now. Um, I think Brett was telling me when they started out because the light, the Knights did not start out. There might have been one team in town that was the AAA baseball team, the Aviators. Now there's ten or eleven of them, and it's really about you know, is there a niche for these sports in this town in the 40th media market now? Or, you know, in all intents and purposes, we're getting major league baseball. And I, I do think there's a niche for soccer. Um, you know, we've seen at the highest levels, and I'm not comparing the lights to this, but we've seen at the highest levels kind of the love for soccer. I mean, it came down to them in San Diego for the MLS team. You saw the CONCACAF, uh, the sellout for USA-Mexico. So I do think there's a, a niche fan base in town here that loves soccer. And that's all really I think Brett Lasbrick needs. Um, he needs a niche fan base to show up on Saturday nights to buy the beer, to buy the hot dogs, to buy the gear. Um, the, it's a very affordable night in terms of tickets. Um, and, and if he has that niche, you know, then I think they'll be fine. And, you know, if the other teams have their niche, they'll be fine. So it was more about that with Brett um, talking about how he thinks there's a place for soccer in San Diego. This is their sixth year. Now, this is their sixth year, and they haven't made the playoffs yet in their last place this year. So they haven't held up the end of the bargain on the field. But I think in that realm of minor league professional sports, it's more about the promotion. We see it with the aviators also, the promotions that go on to get people out there. Um, you know, as I wrote, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the lights fans couldn't name the whole lineup or a third lineup, and that's okay. I think it's more about, you know, wanting to see a soccer game, wanting to go out and with the kids and when you can afford it, bring a family of four out there, because we all know that there are certain sports in this town, for good reason, the professional, the major professional sports, where a family of four costs a lot of money. So if you want to do something on a Saturday night and not break the bank, you know, a team like the Lights can give you an outlet to go and, and watch a sport and, and have fun with your family. Well, all I know is that the Lights better step it up because our legislators have told us that we demand winners. There will be immense pressure <laughs> on them if they do not win soon. That's all I got to say about that. Well, 
I don't think he's up at the legislature asking for public money. Okay. Again, we're talking to Ed Greening from the Las Vegas Review Journal and ESPN Las Vegas here on Unnecessary Roughness. Son, let's turn our attention to the Las Vegas Raiders. Ed, I've got to ask about the quarterback of the past, Derek Carr, because he's been making the rounds. I don't know who keeps asking him these questions, but boy, he's going to answer them. Should Derek Carr stop talking about the Raiders, or do you like it? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. I guess it wasn't weird for Derek to talk. To see, you know, when you get him talking, he talks. And I guess this time. It was to the Fresno Bee, um, to a guy who has covered him, I think, his whole career. So it, that probably wasn't a surprise because he knew the guy so well. But you'd hope that Derek kind of moves on and just gets on with the Saints and what he's going to do there. Um, it's like he's dying to talk about the Raiders and dying to talk about what happened here or didn't happen here. Um, we talked about it in the press box this morning. Um, there was one quote in there that it wasn't about the money. Well, let me tell you something, boys. Uh, if someone came and said, do you want $30 million? Are you going to sign that away to play two games? You're not signing that away. So, uh, you know, he also said some stuff I don't think any, you know, not many people, you know, took to heart. Um, yeah, I, it's more, it should be more about the Saints with him now and, and not about the Raiders. Again, it was a, I think it was a writer he knew really well, so if the questions were there, he was going to answer them. But I think you're right, Damon. I think it's time for him to worry about the Saints. And I think, you know, we talked about it on the show, I think, you know, Tyler brought it up. I mean, they could easily win their division. Derek Carr could be, you know, playing in a hosted playoff game. And that's what he should be worried about because I think they have a chance to win that division. And if they do, he's probably playing well. And if they have a home playoff game, he's probably played really well. And that's more about what he should be talking about. And recently, PFF, they released their rankings for just about every position group when it comes to teams in the NFL. And on their secondary list, the Raiders ranked 30th. Do you think that Marcus Peters could make a budge, make a dent in that Raiders secondary? I don't know if he can make a dent to go 30th to like in the low 20s. Um, you know, uh, you and I have talked about the, the safety positions and, and the corners as well and who's going to start there and, you know, how many people are going to be, um, you know, improved from last year and how many of these newcomers can make a difference. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree with PFF until they prove they're better than what we think they're going to be or what they were last year. Um, I think, you know, you know I'm, I, I like the PFF rankings as much as anybody. Um, and I'm not going to come off their rankings until we see if that, and, and now we're not just talking about the defensively in terms of the secondary. I think mm-hmm. all of their defense needs to improve. So I don't, I don't know what the PFF rankings were for the other spots on, on the defense, but my guess is they weren't that high. Maybe Max brought them up a little on the defensive line, um, uh, in terms of how good he is, but no, Devon, I think, uh, I think they really need to, you know, improve and, and you know, prove themselves defensively before we can, before we can start talking about a lot of wins. And then when it comes to that improvement on defense, we know that at the end of the day, we're going to have to see it on the field. But with the players that they have currently on this roster, do you think that defense improves at all? I mean, you'd hope it would with an extra year and, and some of the guys they signed and, the, and you know, and the draft pick, you know, um, uh, that they got in terms of, uh, you know, Tyree Wilson and what he, what kind of in, impact he can make. Um, it has to look. You know, I, 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 Danny can tell me what the number is at the book, six and a half, seven. I don't know, you know, Danny can tell me, help me out with the number. But if they don't get better defensively, I don't know how you can look at many overs on that number. I mean, they have to get better defensively. There's no two ways about it. So, you know, whether they will or not, that remains to be seen. But they have to improve. And, and if they do, um, and Jimmy G's healthy, then maybe, you know, they, maybe they can make a run at a little something and, you know, maybe a wild card there. But, you know, those are two big ifs. Is Jimmy G healthy? And can they improve defensively?
They don't need Jimmy G to be healthy. Brian Hoyer's got this, Ed. I've been trying to convince you of this. I, I just yeah, – don't look at no, any pictures enough. they tweet out. <laughs> Did you see the picture? Oh, gosh. Man. Man, oh, man. Okay, so the uh, the win total is actually up to seven and a half now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But you've done this with the Golden Knights recently, so I'm going to turn it around and ask you. Uh, we already talked about the defense. So if if the Raiders uh, finish the sentence, the Raiders won't be won't have a su- successful season if. Well, the Raiders won't have a successful season if their defense doesn't improve. I mean, that's really it's as simple as that. If they don't get better defensively, they won't have a successful season whether whether Jimmy G plays or not. I mean, they they have to be better defensively. Um, they've got really good, you know, they got some good offensive weapons. We don't know what's going to happen with Jacobs. I assume he'll be in the fold eventually. Um, you know, I think they're they're good at wide receiver. Uh, Jacobs is there. Let's see if the offensive line can you know can hold up their end. But the Raiders won't have a good season if their defense doesn't improve. Is there a particular spot in their defense that you would be focusing on as to either it needed to improve from last year or is there a player that you're watching that needed to step up from last year? Corner. Um, and Damon and I have talked about this a lot. Who starts at corner? Um, you have guys like you know Hobbs, Shelley, Bennett, Long, Faison, all people like that. Um, Will they improve? Will they get, you know, who, who are the starters? It's kind of like the offensive line. Um, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to wonder what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of more, con- not concerned, but more interested and fascinated with what happens at cornerback um, and who, who eventually the starters are. Again, he's Ed Grady. And he proves to us each and every time that the pen is mightier than the sword every time he writes something. <laughs> Ed, what do you got coming out next? Uh, Little Aces this week, they play the New York Liberty. Uh, we talked about that on the show this morning. They play New York finally on Thursday. And I'm uh, going to go, you know, I did the light, so now, uh, Jared, I'm going to go do the Aviators. There's a player out there who uh, is tearing it up um, and should be up with a big club. We don't know why. So I'm um, going to go out and do some Aviators and uh, and then get, uh, you know, just get ready for camp. Camp's on the horizon, as you guys know. You want me to, you want me to come with you to the Aviators? I would like that. Yes, that would be nice. I'll, I'll text you on when I'm going to be out there. Awesome. Well, I'll give you. I'll break the news for you, Ed. They're going to trade him immediately if he is as good as you say as you say he is. <laughs> He's got to perform right, well with friend. the big ball club, though. <laughs> they don't need to see a top prospect. He's on the move. All right, Ed. Yeah. Thanks for coming on with us. All right, guys. Great job. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. And that was Ed Graney. You can hear him on ESPN Las Vegas on the Press Box from seven to ten a.m. each and every day, except this Monday because they're taking off. <laughs> Yeah, we are. <laughs> and Tuesday. Hey, well, we're all off Tuesday, but Monday I got a I got a I, fish and You shirt. still look like you still look like you're like, "Oh, I'll have Tuesday off." I've, I don't Tuesday, think I'm having Tuesday. Yeah, off. I don't think you're having Tuesday off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're having Monday or Tuesday off, but we're not taking any time off now, and we'll be right back after this break here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Yeah. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Question that I threw out there for you today, is Max Crosby a top three pass rusher in the NFL? And who is a player all time that you would have loved to have seen wear the silver and black? I don't think I got to this one yet, and if I did, I'll read it again, but I don't think I did. This is from Sir Whiskey Ray. Damon, I can't believe I'm going to say this, 
But John Elway is someone I would have been okay with in the silver and black. A Stanford product and his dad coaching here in the Bay Area as well. I always thought John John Elway would have been a good one as an Oakland Raider. Elway was a slinger and just found ways to win with both his arm and his legs. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. So we had John Elway, but we it's it's John Elway is the only one we've had twice now. Yeah. So apparently uh the ninety the late eighties and nineties were uh were a tough time. Is that what we're seeing? Oh no, 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 no. We got Ed Reed from Mailman Raider and also Ed Reed from uh, Robin Oakland. Ed Reed also a two time, you know, a repeat nominee here. Okay. So yeah. so thus far we we've got Man, we got a really good linebacking core with Dick Dick, Dick Butkus. Wow, I just ate all those words. Uh, and like Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher. Yeah, and we Did got somebody say Ray Lewis. Yes, yes, yeah. yes the same. Um, the Robin Oakland. His text was Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Oh, okay. So we've got we've got a good linebacking core. We got a really good linebacking core. They're all middle linebackers, yes. but they can all move. And. So. John Elway is the only quarterback that we've got texting in, but John McClain did say his his quarterback was Peyton Manning. Well, yeah. he also said that the quarterback that actually did play for the Raiders. Yeah, Pastorini. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't the Raiders didn't get him in his prime. That's oh, what he right. was saying. So we got a lot of, we got great quarterback depth, excellent middle linebackers, and a Hall of Fame safety. And Deion Sanders and Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about Deion Sanders. I yeah. forgot about Deion Sanders. And we got two great, uh, we got two great edge guys and Warren Sapp and <laughs> Warren Sapp is not on the edge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to give us your thoughts, you can text us on the don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine. I mean, he's on the edge of something. Keyword R and R, and you can call us at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. And again, I know it wasn't in the show tweet. This was a late edition that we found out and confirmed during the show. Joining us at 4.30 in next hour is going to be J.P. Acosta from SB Nation. Man, I mean, some good text, good guest. Got some calls. Got some calls. Something that I did want to say during, um, after we had him on, I texted John just a link to Immaculate Grid, and I hope that he just, you know, texts me back. I'll just do the void. Come on. This is the most fun game ever. Like I just want a buddy who is as into Immaculate Grid as I am. And I'm thinking you guys are going to be those guys, you know, but maybe we just got to keep it going for a couple more days so I can really, you know, ha- get you guys in there. What I think's funny is I will watch other people play it more it it's almost uh it's almost like I grew up with too much YouTube on me where like watching cuz they'll play it on certain like sports podcasts now. And I'll watch other people play it, and I'll be like, oh, this is really fun. I don't want to play it. It's, it. it's just something weird. I'm like, I'm good, but you 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 have fun. This is fun for me to watch. I would watch David Roth play it. Just, okay. Something, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I understand that because, like, my girlfriend plays – shout out to my girlfriend. She plays a uh, – You Harry, finally got it in. Finally got it on the last day. Uh, no, she plays a Harry Potter video game, that new one that just came out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like – I like watching her play, and then she's always like, whenever she has to stop to do homework or something around the house, she's like, you keep playing. I was like, nah. Nah, I'm good. I just want to watch you play. You don't want to be a part of Hogwarts Legacy? No, I'd rather turn it off and play MOB the show and get wrecked by the computer. Man, dude. Put it on Rookie. 
Save yourself a beating if you're getting wrecked. I mean, it's on pro. No. <laughs> it's the step up from rookie so that I don't feel terrible the about myself. The classic Madden conundrum of all pros too easy, all Madden is way too freaking hard. Exactly. Except in the show, I guess it's rookie is too easy, pro is too hard. You know how hard it is to track a slider and a curveball and a slurve? Do they not have just like a little color that co- color codes it or something? They color the strike zone, but not ah, the ball. They used to do those things. When we come back, we're going to talk some more. Whatever you want to talk about here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.